The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. About the situation with Daniel Jones. We'll get to the Jets in a couple of minutes. Talk about Daniel Jones' situation. And once again, I'm alluding to the Paul Schwartz article in the Post. And this is fascinating to me. I want to share it with you guys. So it, the year was 2019. Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick, and Daniel Jones was the next quarterback out on the board, uh, off the board at number six. So let's compare stats. Kyler Murray, 57 games, has thrown for 13,848 yards, 84 touchdowns, and 41 picks, passer rating of 92.5. Daniel Jones, in 54 games, thrown for 11,603 yards, 60 touchdowns, 34 interceptions, for a passer rating of 86.5. Okay? Now, Kyler Murray just signed a new deal where his average is about $46 million a season a year. $46 million. And hopefully he will bounce back. But the way he played last season, I mean, Arizona would love to <laughs> take some of that money back. <laughs> There's no question. All right? And, and we just use the numbers to say if we were just doing this on numbers and production, okay? And we know Kyler Murray is – 2,204 rushing yards, Daniel Jones, 1,708. And a lot of that came this year. All right, so if we were looking, if we're doing a comparison, and it's funny, the, the team's records are very close. Giants 21-31-1 and one in games that Jones starts. Cardinals 25-31-1 and one in games Murray starts. So Kyler's got four more wins than the Giants have. And so you look and you say, well, just from a numbers standpoint, you shouldn't pay him the same money as Kyler Murray. So what is fair? See, for me, they can't go. He's not a $40 million quarterback in my humble opinion. He's not a $40 million quarterback. 30s? Yeah. I think I would go 35. I think I would go as high as 35. Joe's a little more generous. We'll give him 38. But I think I would go as high as 35. And and four years, I, that's what I would do. Four years, 35 a year. And I think that gets I think that would get it done. And you could put some incentives in there. You know, if you do this, you get a little bit more. You do that, you get a little bit more. So that, that's that stuff's negotiable. All right. But I, I just when you talk, I mean, Dak Prescott's $40 million a year. I mean, is he better than Dak Prescott? Oh, my God. This Ray Santiago just drove off the road. <laughs> I know. I don't think he is, by the way. I don't think he is. So, once again, I just don't see him. As a $40 million, Daniel Jones is not a $40 million quarterback to me. He just isn't. Real good quarterback. And the other thing is, can I, and it's not his fault. This is this is where the clock has started. But can I see him play like this for more than one season? I mean, listen, even, in the, even if we use the analogy of uh, Aaron Judge. Okay, we've seen Aaron Judge be a very good player before. Right, we've seen him, even though he's had some his availability had been questioned. All right, but we've seen him be productive before at a high level. We had not seen Daniel Jones be productive at a high level consistently because of availability, because of injuries. He kept turning the ball over. And so when you turn the ball over, that you know, a quarterback's gotta have two things with you availability and not turning the ball over if you want to franchise him. And he didn't do that. So I, I would like to, before I'm ready to put him in the $40 million club, he's got to do, do this for more than one year. For me. I, I need to see it. I'm not, I'm not guaranteed that he's going to be able to be this good. And, of course, it's going to be incumbent upon the, the Giants to continue to grow him and mature him and – adjust the, the scheme and the playbook so that because some of the things that they were able to do this year, 
teams are going to take away from them next season. And obviously they know that, so they're going to go to back to the drawing board and do what they need to do. That's a lot of money for Daniel Jones. Listen, he's a, and he has a right to ask for as much as he wants. He see he can ask for sixty. <laughs> it's all right. He can ask for as much as he wants. That's not the issue. The issue is how much are the Giants going to pay him? And as far as Saquon Barkley is concerned, I mean, I'd want him back, but I'm not trying to go long term with him. Because once again, it's an availability issue. I mean, the 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 franchise tag for running backs is a little over ten million a year. So I mean, I know that in a perfect world, the Giants don't want to franchise either player. But if but they could take a risk and franchise Daniel Jones. But I think they will not do that. I think if they franchise anybody, it would be Saquon. And for the perfect reason of Jalen Hurts has not signed this contract, as Joe and I were talking during the break. And so, I mean, Joe's going to reset the market. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Are they going to get together? Are they, are they chatting? Are they talking? What is that contract going to look like? So, in a sense... Maybe it is better for them, <laughs> the Giants, to try to lock him up this year because and lock him up early because those two quarterbacks are going to reset the quarterback market. Hurts and Lamar Jackson? I mean, think of it this way. And, and I know you're, you, you're not totally comparing them, okay? But I'll just throw it out there. If, if Daniel Jones gets 40, what is Jalen Hurts worth? And what is Lamar Jackson worth? MVP. What is he worth? I mean, you talk about resetting the quarterback market. But once again, Giant fans, I believe that you will have both those players back. The question is going to be, what are the Giants going to do to, to get a more explosive offense? to add to their wide receivers. They found some guys in the last part of the season who did great work for them. And one of Hodgkins has already got a, a, you know, a deal. So one of the wide receivers is already coming back. So you have that. Sterling Shepard should be back. You've got another wide receiver. So you're going to have more you're going to have more options at the quarterback, at the wide receiver spot for Daniel Jones next year. So that's going to make them a more explosive team. Tight end improved as the season went on, so they'll be okay. They do have some things to address on the other side of the ball, and they have some other things they have to do. Once again, and I don't think they will, but they can't lose sight of the fact that this is about long-term success. This is about making them and adding to them, adding talent and depth. And they got off to a good start. But they have to get talent and depth to make sure that they are going to have sustainable success. Not just, okay, we, we did something here and we're going to take one step back and we're going to try to do something. No, this is a rebuild for them. Now, do, do they have to start as far back as maybe they thought they may have? Maybe not. Maybe they're a little more ahead of what they may have thought. But they have to sit down with their talent evaluators and have a hard-nosed discussion to be honest and say, this is how close we are. This is what we need to do. This is how, this is how talented we are in these spots. Because if they over-evaluate or they take their, if they look and say, you know, what, we're closer than we thought we were, it could cost them and have them move further back. And then there's the Jets. We'll talk about them next on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
every day there is something going on with the New York Jets and their quarterback spot. And once again, it is now the evaluation and guessing. What will they do? What will they do? And clearly, meeting with Carr this weekend, and the Jets seemingly, I mean, we don't know where it's coming from. Is it coming from the Jets? Is it coming from Carr's agent? Is it coming from people just pulling out a narrative? But clearly, it appears as though, and even according to reports, that the Jets are very interested in Derek Carr. Very interested. Very. Here's what Jeff Darlington says. We have some hard conversations that are going to be happening in Florham Park this week because this one is getting extremely interesting. Derek Carr visiting with the team, and I'm told that it was a very positive meeting, that the Jets really believe that Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that can lead them to a potential championship. They also believe that the meeting went really well. Here's the rub, though. Aaron Rodgers still lingers, and the team also remains fascinated in the possibility of adding him. So why is that a problem? The timeline. Right now, we're looking at a situation where Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gone to the Packers to say whether he wants to be traded. We don't know if the Packers would be willing to trade him. We obviously know that there's a decision to be made there. So do the Jets go hard for Derek Carr now, or do they risk potentially losing him and waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers? It is an ultimate predicament. I expect hard conversations within Florham Park to figure out which direction they go on their quarterback position. That's Jeff Darlington, who was on Get Up this morning. And we'll hear from Mike Tannenbaum in a second because he's going to throw another name into the mix. So here, here, here is the decision if it were left up to me. And I get it. I understand that when you look at the numbers, Carr is not great in big games. I understand that. And I know that last year was not his best with the Raiders, despite having a offensive genius as the head coach, whom I have to reevaluate because the two places he's been as a head coach, he's not been an offensive genius as far as success is concerned. Although he did make Tim Tebow a very entertaining quarterback. Not that he could throw, but as far as running and moving the team up and down the field. But if you remember those, uh, those days in Denver, a lot of high 50-yard 50, 50 field goals and a defense that kept teams to one score until they could get the quarterback rolling. But I digress. For me, it's very simple. If you believe that Derek Carr is the guy, then sign him. Because as I've said previously, you don't know what Aaron... Um, you don't know what Aaron's going to do. You don't know if A-Rod, or should I say A-Raj, don't want you to think I'm talking about A-Rod. You don't know what A-Raj is going to do when he comes out of wherever he's at. He could say, I'm retiring. In other words, you don't want to be in the position that most people think the Jets are going to be in which is all the top quarterbacks are going to be gone and you're going to be left with your sixth or seventh option. So if you have the opportunity, and once again, I'm telling you, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming here. So that's why for me, I would sign Derek Carr now because <laughs> I just don't think, I, I just really don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming here. Here's the other reasons. A, Derek Carr is a free agent. It's not costing you any personnel or draft picks. It's costing you money. The owner has already said he's willing to go big game hunting financially. So that's a positive. Because, once again, this is not like Tampa Bay when Tom Brady went there and everybody said, okay, well, they were a quarterback away. Now he goes there and he brings his friends and they, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win. 
The Jets have more work to do. So they need the draft picks. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Give me Carr younger. Don't have to give up any assets personnel-wise. I just have to pay him. Plus, and I know folks are saying that I know Rich Amini's reported that the Jets really aren't interested. Well, apparently he his conversation has swayed them a little bit to go the other way. Again, with Rodgers, you got to give up draft capital. And how long is he here for? A year? Is he here two years? How do you guarantee that he's going to be here two years? I mean, I'm sure they thought Brett Favre was going to be here more than one year. They were hoping, at least, they gave him a one-year deal. They were hoping maybe they could convince him to come back. But, I mean, Rodgers Rogers has been like this now the past couple seasons. Well, I don't know if I'm coming back. I'm not sure. I might want to host Jeopardy. So, you know, this wishy-washy stuff. I can't, as a general manager whose job is on the line, whose head coach's job is on the line, whom I've seen that with a competent quarterback, I would have exceeded what a lot of people thought I could do this season. I'm not messing around. I need a veteran quarterback. Now, I don't know what happened. Maybe they said they still want to – the inference from Darlington is, well, we still want to see what Rodgers can do. So we, we're still waiting. We're kind of waiting. We love you. you know. So I don't know whether it's that. I don't know whether it's Carr saying, well, I've got some other places to go. I'm going to go look, talk to some other folks. I'll get back to you. I don't know how it ended, what happened, or what, what's the next step. But if I'm the New York Jets, I'm trying to lock in Carr right now because I can't take that chance. And we can wax poetic. We can talk about, well, you know, listen, if you know, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is not the best, but, you know, he did some great things with Derrick Henry down in Tennessee and they got to the postseason and, you know, he was pretty good in Miami, but he was hurt a lot. And no. You are trying to save your job and get this team to the postseason for the first time in forever. You have to do as good a job as you can to get the best quarterback available to you. And to sit and wait for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know that I would do that. Now, Mike Tannenbaum was on with Keyshawn J. Will and Max, and he said he has another quarterback the Jets should go after. Yeah, I'll probably take a long look at Lamar Jackson. Look, Derek, okay. Derek Carr didn't play good last year, guys. He was 28th in the league in completion percentage. He was 27th in interceptions. He didn't play very well. And look, if the three of us were running a franchise, which, by the way, would be a lot of fun, the uncertainty <laughs> of Aaron Rodgers would drive us crazy. I mean, we would have to probably give up the 13th pick in the draft this year. And let's say he comes and he wants to play. I would want a two-year deal. You want $60 million a year? No problem. But guess what? It's going to be $30 million in year one, $90 million in year too and just that uncertainty would concern me and I think this is the year guys that if Lamar Jackson gets the franchise tag which we all expect I think somebody goes after him and gives up two first round picks now if you're telling me that Lamar Jackson is going to be available and that they will sign him and then trade him then I'm open to that because then now that opens a whole different world to me it gives me a guy that can pass the ball and can move the ball with his legs. It gives me a very talented young man who would energize this offense. There's no question about it. But I don't know that. And so, once again, if I'm Joe Douglas, when am I – I have to make a move. There's no guarantees that – it's not like Lamar Jackson is – you know they. Once again, if I'm Baltimore, I'm putting the franchise tag on them and I'm signing them. Listen, we'll deal with a year. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Okay, take your $32 million this year <laughs> or whatever the franchise tag is for quarterbacks. It's over 30 Okay, take your $34, $35 million this year. We'll work it out. We'll work it out, I promise you. We'll talk during the season. We'll do everything. We'll work it out. Because I'm not letting them go. Yes, do I know? Am I frustrated that he's been unavailable the past two seasons during my postseason run? Yes. Am I concerned that we're 
he doesn't want to play here? I might be. I mean, I haven't had the conversations with him or his agent, but I might be a little concerned that there's a rift between the two of us. But that talent, <laughs> where everybody's looking for quarterback. There's a bunch of teams looking for Carolina, New Orleans, Jets, Giants. <laughs> you know, a bunch of teams. So when you have one, you don't just give them away. You don't. And so it's a no-brainer for me. If there was a way that I could lock in, and I get what Tannenbaum is saying. Derek Carr did not have a good year last year. Guess what? Neither did Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a chance to get his team into the postseason in the last couple of games and did a, an abysmal job. So we're talking about the we're talking about both those guys the past two years, the past se- last season they did not play well and Jimmy G was hurt again. So those are the top three choices. So I got if I'm the Jets I got to take the the one in the middle because I, lo- I while I think Jimmy G would be more effective, his availability is always in question. I don't know when he's how many games he's going to play. How will I know? Oh, the Jets like you get hurt in preseason. You'd be still looking for a veteran quarterback. You're talking about Joe Flacco coming back. Joe just turned Joe just turned over something in the studio. I saw him, Chantal. He just threw something. Relax. But that but that would be the situation, right? Because you're not, it's clear. Zach Wilson's not the starting quarterback on this team. Even I don't think they would do it even in an emergency. I think they would bring up somebody else because they're really down on them, and I understand why. And so, as, as once again, a couple of articles today mentioned, this is, I mean, this is, other than the Zach Wilson move, this is the most important call and decision that Joe Douglas is going to make. Especially after, as of right now, the abysmal miss on Zach Wilson as of right now. He's got to get this next quarterback thing right. He does. Because you know when they say that you you set your quarterback, you set your franchise back five years, they've already they, this, is, this is year three. And you're looking for a veteran quarterback, quarterback because the rookie you chose is not getting it done. Which means that you eventually are still going to have to Find another quarterback. <laughs> no matter how good Carr is, no matter how good Carr is, no matter how good Garoppolo is, no matter how good Rogers is, any of those three, even if you end up with Tannehill in an emergency because all the other guys were gone, it still means you have to find and draft. A, you're still looking for a franchise quarterback. Still. So this quarterback hire has got to be the, the best one you have. And very rarely do you get the opportunity to, to bring in another quarterback, especially after you bomb so badly with this guy as of right now. I mean, I don't think he can be salvaged, but I'm not. I've seen too many. I've seen too many things in my years covering sports to say never. So I'll leave out. There's, uh, there's a 99% chance he can't be saved. There's always that 1% chance. Always that 1%. So, Joe Douglas, you got to get this one right. And if he's available and you think he can win for you, you better go get him and lock him up right now. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm watching this Rangers game. We'll get to the calls in a second. I'm like... All these shots on goal, and they can't. They, they just couldn't put it in at all. It was it was rough. Shishkin was not on his game tonight. So you know, listen, the Rangers uh, tough one tonight. They'll, you know, take a night off and try at it again on later in the week, right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Let's go to the phones. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, good e- good evening. How's it going, Larry? Everything's good, my friend. What's happening? Hello. Yeah, everything's good, my friend. What's happening? Hello? Yeah, I hear you, Jose. 
Oh, you don't hear me? All right, we'll put him on hold. We'll get him squared away. We'll see what's going on. Maybe something wrong with his line. Uh, but I'm just saying, it, look, it's clear to me. If Lamar Jackson is available or you can find a way to get Lamar Jackson, then <laughs> duh, that's the number one answer. That's the answer. That's what you do. And I know there's some folks like Joe who thinks that, you know, and obviously Mike Tannenbaum is hearing something because he's been consistent about Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I know there's some thought, and I've heard it around the league, that they believe that Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, they're just done. And so if I got to give up, okay, look, if I got to give up a first-round pick for quarterback, and it's between Rodgers and Lamar. <laughs> of course I'm giving it to Lamar. That's the answer. Absolutely, Don. Who did a great job pre between uh, pre between uh, periods and post as he always does. Kind of like him calling the games a little better though. I love it. Um that's just a no-brainer. That's what I want. But if that's not an option, then I got to go with Carr. Because I just don't, I, you know, I just, this Rogers thing is just not. I, I know what people are saying about him. I know what he can be. I, I've watched him. He is he is going to go down as one of the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history. He is. But I don't know which Rogers I'm getting. Okay, I don't know. Am I getting the Rogers from last season? And I know he's. You're telling me, I know he's better than Carr in big games. I get it. I know the whole thing about Carr, the stats, Carr doesn't like to play in the cold weather and all that. I, I got it. I hear all that. But, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. If we can get Lamar, if, if the Jets can get Lamar Jackson, <laughs> me and the uh, rest of the hosts will be in our 987 van ready to salute him at the airport. Let's try Jose in Brooklyn again. Hey, Jose. Hey, sorry about that, Larry. No problem, Jose. You got me now? So the point that I wanted to bring up was the um, car situation. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks like I don't totally agree with you. I do think that they should um, try to sign him if they do believe that he is the guy. The thing that concerns me about Rodgers, which everyone's kind of neglecting the fact is – he he could still choose that he may not decide if he wants to play football after he gets out of his darkness retreat, and that concerns me. Yeah, it should, because you just don't know what he's going to do. Oh, Thanks, thank Jose. you. Thanks for the phone call. Because you don't know. He's the great unknown. He could come out, you know, like Poxitani Phil, tell you what, there's six weeks of winter or something like that. He could come out from his retreat and say, I need more time. <laughs> I've narrowed it down. <laughs> You know, maybe maybe McAfee will have an update tomorrow or whenever he's on that show, Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe he'll have an update on what's going on. You know, maybe then we'll find out if he has a decision made, what, what's going to be that decision. I or see, he, may, uh, he, he may come back. He may go to Green Bay and say, yeah, I've made a decision. <laughs> and they'll say, okay, what? Well, where are you going to trade me to? And, and here's the other thing, too. And I don't mean to disrespect you, Jeff. I don't. I sympathize with you. Believe me, I do. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, do I want to come to the Jets? Do I want to come to New York? Am, am I? Can I just be, can I go to Vegas and hang out with my guy, Devontae? Can I do that? I don't pay any attention to. Listen, I, I'm used to not getting along with head coaches that think they're offensive, they're offensive geniuses. I, I dealt with that in, in Green Bay. I'm I'm good with that. But this guy, maybe I'll listen to this guy because this guy worked with Brady, so maybe I'll listen to him. Maybe, maybe. Here's the thing: we know he's not going anywhere in the NFC. If he's not going to be in the with 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 Green Bay, he's not going to be in the NFC. We get that. But is it easier for him? to be in the AFC West or is easier for him to be in the AFC East. And when you look at the talent, 
I mean, arguably, I think Vegas is better offensively. The Jets slightly better defensively. I just don't. I just. I just don't see it. I really don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not on this. 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 You know. It's Aaron Rodgers coming to here. And once again, I preface it, and Jet fans will know because they heard me talk about it forever when I was embedded there. I was the one that said that Brett Favre wasn't coming either. So just what, believe me, I don't know. You're hurting been, me. And I've been wrong before. But I I don't see it. I don't. I think you have a better chance with Carr than Rodgers. And once again, for me, just when he comes out of this – when Rodgers comes out, he's still not saying where he comes out from this seclusion darkness thing. There's no guarantee that he's going to say what he's doing. He may say, I'm, I'm, I've decided to talk to Green Bay. All right, great. And this, what? And then it's going to be the negotiation. Okay, what do you want? What do you take it? What do you, what do you take it? What do you want? What is it? What, what, first round pick? Two first round picks? <laughs> And if you're the Jets, how much are you willing to give up to get him? Because while you are a quarterback closer to getting to the postseason, are you a quarterback closer? Here's the decision you have to have if you're the Jets. And Darlington talked about it in his report. The Jets have to, and the same thing I said about the Giants a couple of minutes ago. The Jets have to sit down honestly and look at their at what they have. Okay? And they have to say, with what we have right now, needs on the offensive line, needs for a pass rush, needs in different in other areas, depth needs, restructuring needs. Which one of these quarterbacks is the closest thing to get us out of the division and into the postseason? Okay? Out of the division. Buffalo's going to be back. Miami's going to be back. They'll figure out what they're going to do with quarterback. They'll be back. New England's not going to be, okay, New England's not going to be the way they were this year, next year. And the Jets. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, three teams are not getting out of the, (laughs) there's not going to be a three-team AFC East playoff next year like it was this year. There's not going to be. Not going to be. So they really have to make their decision on what they're doing. And it's crazy that, a couple of years after getting rid of Sam Darnold that the Jets find themselves in the same situation again. It's crazy. It just is. The New York Islanders' 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at the UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. How? Well, you can enter to win two free tickets. You have to see the Islanders face off against the LA Kings. This is at the UBS Arena on February 24th. How? Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contests, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. And be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more. And you can catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. When we return, we'll take your phone calls on the Jets and the Giants, and we'll talk about a tough Sunday for the NBA. All that's next on 98.7 ESPN. God hates me. I've been watching the NBA for a long time. And do I understand about all-star games? I do. Do I think that the NBA does a nice job as far as trying to do this for donations for charity and, and all the donations and stuff like that? Yes. It's very good. I applaud them for that reason. And I know we had a game that was, what was it, if memory serves me correct, Joe Chantel, it had to be like 199 to 198 a couple of years ago. <laughs> but, I mean, last night was as bad of, it wasn't even a game. There are practices. Do you know what? 
the Knicks would kill for Tom Thibodeau to run a practice like that, much less a game. And do I understand this exhibition? Yes, I get it. The highlight of the, the highlight of the game last night was Brown and Tatum going one-on-one late in the game. That was the highlight. And then what made it worse? Here's what made it worse. What made it worse is, you know, you have the, the point total that you're trying to get to. Uh, 182. Okay, we got to get to 182. And so LeBron's team was so far down that Donovan Mitchell was shooting from – Donovan Mitchell looked in the mirror and thought he was Steph Curry. Steph hit shots like that. Dame Lillard hit shots like that. Not you. And so you're just throwing the ball up. I mean, it was like, it was just. And once again, I know it's going to sound like, get off my lawn. Ah, the game was played back when men were men. And ah, ah, ah. I'm not, it's not about that. It's about competition. Okay, I'm not saying you got to go out there and play. I'm not saying you got to go out there and press people 94 feet. That's not what I'm saying. But could you get in front of somebody? Could you put a hand up in front of somebody? There was no competition at all in that game last night. I mean, they were talking to uh, Luca during the game. They said, well, we saw the ball. He said, no, it's okay. I'm just trying to pass the ball. I'm just, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, the, uh, I'm not playing. I, I know you have to get on defense. Nah, let him score. And that's what they did. And normally, listen, and I'm not saying all All-Star games have been that way. That were like they were last night. I'm not saying that. And even back in the day, there were points where, okay, the first half, okay, you guys play. We we you know we have fun for the fans. Second half, okay, we start to get more serious. Third quarter is a little bit more serious, and the fourth quarter is like we're really playing. Okay? And listen, Jason Tatum's had a phenomenal season, and he is a phenomenal talent. And the fact that he had 55 last night is great. But but Michael could have scored 50-something. Kobe could have scored 50-something. A bunch of players in the All-Star game could have scored 50-something. Or more. Playing like this. I mean, it was just, it, it, it wasn't, there was no competition to it. And even though it's an All-Star game, it's got to be competition. And it was bad last night. It really, it was just bad. It was bad. And I don't know how they fix it. I know we got to try to do well. You know, we let's draft the guys, and you're gonna play on my team. You play. I mean, even East against West made it a little more competitive. But now it's just like, well, we're just playing. No, I need. I, I was just frustrated. I, I want to see some kind of competition. That's all I'm looking for. Even in an All Star game, you can be friendly. I'm not asking you to foul people hard. I'm not asking you to play like it's the regular season. All I'm asking for is a little competition. Make it worth my while to watch. It wasn't worth my while to watch. And then the thing that really made me upset is, you know, the great dunks I saw there from guys who have no intention of coming in the dunk contest. None. 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 <laughs> John Moran has said, never, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And so when you sit and you watch Dominique Wilkins there and you watch, you know, Dr. J there and you watch people who have been involved in dunk contests and understand the creativity and understand what it takes and understand the things, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And once again, listen, McLeod, the kid, did a great job. Dunk she didn't, dunk she hadn't seen. The creativity was there. Okay, I know he's been, I know it was a YouTube sensation. I get it. And he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. And he did a great job, and it was entertaining. And in case you missed it last night, I said that, I mean, It, it was just, it was, it's just, it just, I was just very disappointed. 
That's all I can say. I was just really, really, really disappointed. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, uh, what's going on, big bro? Everything's good, man. What's happening? Hey, listen, you know, when you get 50-plus, you start looking at all of these sports, and they're really unrecognizable. I've got to be honest with you. Even the NFL, with, with the, you know, the way they call plays and, and then fouls and things like that. Or you know, I'll say this. I, I really called about the two thing. But mm-hmm. you know, for the All-Star, you know, Julius Randle did not distinguish himself in the point contest. Nope. And Jericho Sims was even worse in the dunk contest. I mean, you look at Brunson, and you can't tell me that there are more point guards who are better than Brunson than there are uh, power forwards who are better than Julius Randle. He mm-hmm. should have been. He should have been there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no question. No question about it. Now, look, with, with the Jets, you know, the, the fanboys, some of them who work here, a lot of them who call the station, you know, they believe the Jets are Aaron Rodgers away from contending for a Super Bowl. I mean, you know how I feel. It's mm-hmm. similarly in line with what you were talking about. You know, not only all of the drama that comes with him, his skills are diminished. And um, giving up first-round picks and all that, I, I, I don't really see how that how that helps the Jets in any way, shape, or form. Now, with Carl Garoppolo, to me, the both of them are the same. You know what I mean? Um, you know, realistically, when you look at, at all sports, there's six teams each year that could really contend for a championship. Baseball, football, basketball. Hockey may be a little bit more because a goalie can get hot. But it's not just about – you have to have a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback in the NFL. I'm not denying that. But you look at the teams that are in real contention – there's a pairing there. It's a quarterback and it's a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Mike T said, and I agree with what you said as well, you know, they set the franchise back, obviously, by drafting Zach Wilson. But, you know, you can't let that prevent you from signing somebody to hold the fourth down. You know what I mean? But you still, in the second or third round, you have to draft another quarterback and you got to look at these guys that you weren't looking at before you know, the Jalen Hurts package type guys that you can mm-hmm. get in the second or third round. And I don't really want to hear that, that, that premise of, all right, Joe Douglas missed, so he can't draft another quarterback. If he can't draft another quarterback, then I don't need him to be my GM. And the same thing with the coach. People are fooling themselves. When, aside from the offensive line being hard, aside from that, people are fooling themselves when they look at the team and say a quarterback is going to change, is a quarterback going to change Rob Salah's in-game decisions? Is a quarterback going to stop him from having, in his first season, two three-game losing streaks, and then in his second season, a six-game losing streak? I don't care if you had Daffy Duck at quarterback for those last six games. You had to win at least two of them. And, and, and I mean, that, that's the root source of what the Jets' problem is. You know, leadership and people knowing what to do when things get tight. I'm sorry. Please, Aaron Rodgers. That sure is. All right, Bula, thanks for the phone call. Um, you would hope, because once again, uh, Robert Salas coaching for his career as well. So all the mistakes that he made last season, all the things that he did wrong, all the miscall, all the all the things, when you sit down, and you self-scout, and you look, and you say, Dag, I messed that up, man. I can't do that again. you got to get better. you got to get better. Like I said, he is coaching for his coaching future. So if he doesn't improve and they have another bad season, he's out. And he's not gonna he's he's not gonna get back at the front of the line. He's gonna go back to being probably a coordinator, which may be what he is. Everybody that's you know, everybody that's a head coach is not a head coach. Some of them are better coordinators than they are head coaches. Now I will I the only thing I would say, Buddha, is that all those six game all six of those losses were not just on him. Quarterback play was a part of them too. Now, did the offense, did the defense get off the field? No, we've talked about that. They didn't get off the field. 
They couldn't get off the field on third down. They didn't pressure the passer in key spots. They made mistakes. That is on the defense. No question about it. But the defense really played because of the inconsistency and bad quarterback play. The defense really played with no margin for error. So with the, I think with a decent quarterback, they would have won two of those six games. With a decent quarterback. Decent quarterback. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. Um, thanks for taking my call. You got it, my friend. What's going on? Yeah. I just wanted to um, chime in on um, three quick topics. Two with the NBA rules and one on Brunson. First, as far as the All-Star game goes, it 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 should just be East versus West because I don't know whose idiot idea that was with team captains. I think that's stupid in itself. Keep it East versus West. Keep it simple. Um, number two, I don't like the play-in. I think that's idiotic. I feel like the eight best teams from each conference should make it. And the only reason Brunson's not an all-star is just pure Nick hatred and bias. Because if he's putting up those numbers on any other team, he, he's in there at the very least as a reserve. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, basically it for me. All right, Dante, thanks for the phone call. Let's, let's tackle them once in a row. The reason why they did this uh, with the players and picking groups, because that's, that's, that's what, quote, fans and the network money wants. And so when you talk about the change of the all-star situation, you talk about having play-in instead of the play, instead of, um, you know, just the best eight teams, it, it, it's, it's very simple. It's about money. That's why is the NFL adding another another two playoff spots? And there'll probably be even more when they make it 18 games. Okay, it's it's money. It's for the network. It's to appease the network so they have, it keeps more people involved. It keeps more fans in their cities in the mix. That's what it's all about. So that's why they do it. As far as Jalen Brunson is concerned, listen, <laughs> he's an all-star. He's an all-star. There's no question about it. You saw what he's done. All-star, heck, he's, he's the Nick MVP <laughs> right now. Even though Randall's had a very good year, he's the Nick MVP. Because Randall's had a great year because of him. So there's no question that he that that he's an that he's an all star. There's no question about it. It was just a, you know it was a bad mistake or snub or they thought they had too many point guards or whatever the situation was and they didn't they didn't you know uh, bring him in or they thought the Knicks didn't <clears throat> that the team didn't deserve two all stars and maybe they didn't. But I would have gladly sent Brunson over Randall and there's no and there's no knock against Randall. But you know he, he's been better. It's just simple. He's been better. And deserved to be there. I mean, it's just, it's just a no-brainer. It just is. And going back to what um, Buddha was saying, I, I thought... The idea was was good. The athleticism is there. We know. Okay, we watch it. We see it all the time. If you're a Nick fan, you see it. Okay? You know that Jericho Sims is a very athletic player. Very athletic young man. He can jump he, he can jump out the gym. But the dunk contest is not just about the dunk. It's about presentation and style. And that was sorely missing from his dunking on Saturday, Sims. You couldn't appreciate how little effort it took him to get up and dunk because it was there was no flair to it. 
So it was like, well, because see, here's the other thing. He he's what six nine, six ten. He's supposed to be able to get up there. So if anything, it, the fact that he did it so effortlessly, effortlessly, hurt him. It did. He's six nine. Of course he can jump. Okay, great. So he needed to have more better presentation. Opie Toppin had better presentation last year. All right. So that's the, that's number one. And number two, I mean, the one hanging on the rim getting the envelope with the net and open the open the envelope and it says fifty on it. I mean it's, I was like, no. That's not the presentation you need because the dunk you did didn't warrant that. And listen, they gave him a pretty good score anyway. They gave him a pretty good score. But I mean, that, that was, that was not, that was, that was, oh, that wasn't good. Other conversations in the NBA and we've talked about it and I've I've told you and Adam Silver mentioned it and we'll hear a couple of cuts about it. Uh, Also, we'll hear from Kevin Durant. We'll also hear from Anthony Edwards. Um, this whole thing about guys requesting trades and guys uh, with the load management, this is going to be an issue when they sit down and have these contract talks. Okay, this is going to be an issue. And I'm very curious to see how strong and how, how confrontational this is going to be between the players and the Players Association. Because when you think about it, this wasn't a player. This didn't start with the players. This started with Greg Popovich in San Antonio. He was the guy that wouldn't even, he was the guy that believed not only would he not dress Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and some other players, he wouldn't put them on the plane. (laughs) They wouldn't be in the building. And so now we've got this load management situation. And, it, and it's a thing. It's a thing. Now, I don't know how they're going to solve it. I don't know whether it's going to be you have to prove you're injured. I don't know if it's going to be you're allowed to have X amount of days off. I don't know. I don't know how they come to an agreement with it. I don't know what they do. But once again, it's about money. And when the fans start to complain and the networks have a primetime game and they Steph Curry is – Get, get, who never gets the night off. I'm just using names. A Steph Curry has the night off for load management. A John Moran has the night off for load management. A, a, a Kawhi Leonard has the night off for load management. A Joel Embiid has the night off for road man, load management. It's an issue. It's an issue. And fans aren't happy. So how are they going to deal with it? And what do the players think about it? We'll find out next on 987 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.